0: Open your Bibles to Matthew 28, starting in verse 16 through 20. And I want to read that for you. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. It says this. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him. And some were doubtful. Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to direct your attention to four components of this passage. Four components. First, I want to direct you to the background. This background is fitting for our society. Because in the background, what you have is you have a bunch of disciples who are completely aimless. Aimless. Their Messiah just died. Somehow, also, he rises again, but they have been following one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, all of these years, going wherever he goes. And now, all of a sudden, he dies and is off the scene. They're sitting around looking at each other, saying, okay, where do we go? What do we do? What are we supposed to do next? One guy says, let's go fishing. All right, let's go fishing. It just shows you that what they did was they resorted back to what they always did. Because they didn't know where to go. They were completely confused, completely aimless. They were in shock of what was happening. And and let's be honest, I don't think these disciples were purely, perfectly, purely motivated. These guys were smart cats. They knew that at the end of the day, that yes, Jesus is the Messiah, and and we know from the Bible that he's not just going to sit here and walk around, but he's going to have this huge following, and he's going to come, and he's going to rule. He's going to overthrow the Romans in their mind, and that's why in the last days they're saying, oh, well, can I sit on his right, or can I sit on his left? Because they knew that at some point there was going to be benefit to this whole gig. So they, they, all of a sudden, when Jesus disappears, they... Uh, they're completely baffled. And for that this reason, Jesus comes and gives them direction. And not only does he give them direction, he gives all of us direction. He said, how do you know? Well, it says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So this direction was not just for the disciples there, it was the disciples all throughout the ages. And so therefore, this is direction not just for them, but for you. And let me say, in our time today, many are become aimless. Many are getting caught up in all this political hype and and confusion, even this COVID thing. But listen, there's work to be done. We can live beyond this, and this is why Jesus comes and brings clarity to the confusion. He tells the disciples in verse 16 and seven. he says, look, disciples, go to this mountain which I've designated. We don't know what mountain that was, and it really doesn't matter. But they go to this mountain, and when they go to this mountain, they see it says they saw him. I think what happened was they're there hanging out, maybe talking, and all of a sudden they see him. And I think it was an overwhelming experience. I think they see him, that all of their eyes are caught on the attention of Christ. And, 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 the, and, and there's different responses. Look at the two responses. It says some worshipped him. And some were doubtful. You say, well, wh- why in the world did they worship him? The reason they worshipped him is because they knew he was God. They knew he was the Messiah. They knew that this Messiah just rose from the dead. And the only appropriate response was awe. And I think the Spirit of God was probably moving in crazy ways. And I think their hearts were overflowed and overwhelmed, kind of like when we see Jesus in heaven. And what resulted, total worship, total exaltation, total extolling of Christ. But that's not what happened for everyone. Some were doubtful. Some were doubtful. Why? Why? I think they're shocked. Oh my goodness, what has just happened? Is is this really Jesus? I mean, can this really be happening? I mean, this is a hard thing to get your mind around. You see him die. You see him buried. And all of a sudden, now he's before you. Crazy days. And I think that the the picture here is, is probably, they see him down here. The disciples are up the hill a little bit. And I think they see him. And I think Jesus just walks right past the disciples right past the disciples, and stands in front of them. They're here, he's here, and that brings us from the first component, which was the background, to a second component, and that is this announcement. And it's this announcement that they needed to hear. It's this announcement that you need to hear. It's this announcement that needs to go out throughout all of the world. It's this announcement that needs to begin to enter into the center of our worldview, Center of everything. What is the announcement? Look at verse 18. Jesus came up and spoke to them. And what did he say to them? He said, all authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus makes a announcement what is he saying? All, not a little, not some, not most, but all authority has been given to me. Where? In heaven, in, on earth. What do you mean authority or, or power? What, what's he saying? This word authority speaks of rule or the right to be in charge or, or control. What Jesus is declaring is that he is now in charge of everything. Everything not just of what is on the earth, but also what is in heaven. Jesus is declaring that I am now the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We all know in this incredible institution, we all know Isaiah 6, where Isaiah gets this vision of of a throne. Well, who sat on that throne? It was Jesus on that throne. And Jesus is saying, look, I am on that throne. I am now the king. And I, I want us as young people to look beyond the the, the Trumps and the Bidens and, and, and this COVID and, and, and all of these things. Stop. Pause. Look beyond it. And allow yourself to see the world from God's perspective. Behind all of this is God on a throne reigning as king. Reigning with all power over all things, just like when he was on this earth. Where everything does in accordance with his power and his might and his rule the same words that are spoken in Philippians chapter 2 when it says that for this reason God highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, is ruler, is king. Jesus is the universal king. Yes, he is coming back as a king in this universe. Yes, on the Davidic throne, he will sit. No matter what anybody tells you, he will be here in Jerusalem and one day bring total reconciliation to the chaos that we've brought. But don't think that he's not ruling today from the heavens. In a universal sense, he is, and this must be our thinking. The disciples were thinking that he would be the king of Israel, and Jesus comes to the disciples. Now, I'm not just the king of Israel; I am the king of all kings, Lord of all lords. Israel's not enough. Because I'm greater than that. I am the ruler of all things. My position is far greater than an earthly position. This should have not been no surprise, should have been shocking because we know Daniel 7:13, where it says that in a prophetic in a prophecy, Daniel says that, what was going to happen in verse 7, seven chapter 7, verse 13? That I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one light, the Son of Man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days. Jesus loved this term, Son of Man. Son of Man comes up to the Ancient of Days, the Father. And what happens? And he, it says this, and he was presented before him. And to him, that is Jesus Christ, was given dominion, glory, and a what? And a kingdom. Why? Why was he made king? Why was he declared to be the king by the Father? It says this, so that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language, especially Uganda, might serve him might serve him. Might serve him. What does that mean for you and for me? It means let's get beyond the little present elements of our lives and let's get back to the calling that God has given us. Service. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom which is one which will not be destroyed. Those of you that know 1 Corinthians 15, 24, recognize this is a, through 28, recognize this is a a love affair between the son and the father, where where the father gives the son the kingdom, and, and then somehow the son gets all things to bend the knee under his supremacy, and then turns back and gives the kingdom to his father. I don't understand these things but that's what the Bible says. Young people, I want to speak as a father to you. I'm gonna speak as a pastor to you. Our worldview needs to expand. One of my favorite books is Pilgrim's Progress. Because John Bunyan, in an unbelievably powerful way, brings us to see the world for what it really is. Pilgrims on a journey to the celestial city. And everything, there's safety and security on God's way. And outside of God's way, there is pain and there is sorrow. And every pilgrim is sitting there with his eyes focused on heaven, seeking to love the Lord and honor him out of that love for the Lord. Every day, spending time in communion and saying, Oh, Father, help me to walk in this path. That's the worldview that we must all have. That's the worldview that Jesus is bringing to forefront right here. And that declaration, and then we're going to see this more clearly, the declaration, all authority has been given to me. I am now the king. And this idea is to enter into the center of our lives for your good, for your good, for your good. I hate legalism because it distorts the goodness of God's way. Man's rules stink. God's ways are awesome. And you need to make sure that in this little Christian bubble, that that man's way you discern what is God's good and perfect way, because God's way is the best. People will always be tempted to bring in man's ways, and we need personal convictions, things that will ensure that we personally walk in God's way, and that may be extra-biblical. But at the end of the day, God's word is sweet. It's awesome. We want to live our lives completely in submission to that way in everything. I want to help you with this. In all of your life, if you can get this God on a throne worldview, it will change everything about your life. It'll change everything. This has to be our worldview. It has to be restored in our country. What is going on in America? We are throwing God as king out. And what's the end result? Total chaos. Total uh, everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. Everyone given over to the lust and the passions of their own flesh. And that's what Jesus saw in this day. And that's why this message is so critical to this day and this hour right now. Young people, Jesus makes an announcement, I am king. But then from that announcement, he gives a great commission that needs to impact everything we do every day our lives. I want to take you from the announcement to the commandment. What is the commandment? You know it, but let me help bring it to life now in light of the announcement. Look what he says in verse 19. Go, therefore, let me say this, put it in this way. Therefore, make disciples. That's how it should read. Therefore, make disciples. In light of this announcement, in light of me being king, now, therefore, make disciples. And pause for a moment. There's the command. There's the verb. Make disciples. That word disciple is kind of a funky word. Let me change it to what I think would be more clear and more in alignment with the text. Another word for disciple would be that of followers. Hold on a second. Therefore, go. I am king. Therefore, go and make what? Followers. Make what? Followers. I am the king. Go now and make followers where? It says, make followers of all nations. Young people. I moved into a small little village. People did not know Christ. Everyone was given over to the lusts and the passions of their flesh. Literally, Deep village, our village is Kubamitwe. It means hit the head. Nobody was married. With that, people had children all over the place, multiple children, but nobody cared for these children. Men would beat their wives. Why? Because that's what the flesh is. You don't obey, let me beat you. If you loved your wife, they'd say you're bewitched. As a result, there was no joy, no love with that there was everybody was filled with alcohol and and everything the bible says of a gentile in the bible were they happy not at all when we came in there we came in there with one simple message there is a king there's a king and we said hey can i show you the king's way and we began to to care for our people by showing them the king's way. Let me, let me show you what the king says. Let me show you how to do the ki- marriage the king's way. Let me show you how to parent the king's way. And we in our short times by the grace of God and only his power, we have seen our whole community absolutely transformed. Let me tell you, I really believe that when Jesus stood as king and, and declared this message, He also stood as a father with a desire that his messengers would go out with this message so that he can align everything exactly the way he wanted it in the garden. Where everyone does it his way and as a result enjoys the world in which he created we went into our village with this message today. We've seen transformation. And what happens? Everybody has joy. Everybody has excitement. Everybody has unity and love. And parents and families get united in a bond of marriage. And now children are comforted as a result of that. It's awesome. And so I want to declare that our commission is the hope of the world. The hope of the world is that all people everywhere would know the king and follow the king for their good and for the glory of our master. Because when I love my wife the way God wants me to love my wife, and I love my children the way God wants me to love, who's glorified? It's God, because they say, who is that king that you're following? And God is put on display. That's the awesome joy of knowing Christ. As master, you don't have to be aimless. We get to submit under the king and enjoy the benefits that come with that. And that's the commissioning. That's what the call is. Go make this disciples of all nations. Of all nations. And I want to tell you, some of you guys have never been across the sea. Go to our website, sosministries.com, get our updates. Learn what's happening in the rest of the world. I need men who are going to come and join me. Get seminary out of the way and come join me. Let's get radical. Let's live these days in light of what they are. A king and a kingdom. And we're part of that, that service. That's what this is all about. The rest of the world, many parts of the world are hungering after truth and want it. So it's exciting days to live in. But when you look at this, I want you to see something. Because he tells us not just what we are to do, but he tells us how we're to do it. There are three participles here going, baptizing, and teaching. That's how. He tells us how we're to do this. How are we to go into the nations? We're to do it by first going. Let me pause here for a moment. I know that we have some ultra-Calvinistic, creepy people. And you're creepy because you don't get it. What does the Bible tell us we need to what? Go. I really sometimes believe in a dragging ministry. I'm going to do everything in my power on a human level to see people come to know Christ. Christ. Jesus stood over the nations and how many times wept tears because he wanted to see them come like sheep because they were sheep without a what? A shepherd. They were ki- There was a king, but they didn't follow. And so he wants us to go. He wants them to come unto him, all ye weary and heavy laden, that they might find what? Rest. Because in him, his yoke is easy and his burden is light and there's joy in his way but we have got to go. We have got to go. You've got to go. The, the hope for your family, the hope for your community is you going, you getting busy. Look, the rest of the world, they're waiting for truth preachers with this message that there is a king and his way is the best, but you got to go. We, we sit around too long and we fail to strategize. Do we realize that Mormons and Muslims are strategizing and they're taking dominion of our areas because we failed to strategize. We fail to mobilize resources to advance kingdom purposes. We need to strategize. We need to get out there and we need to go. Young people, what are you doing even right now? I know you're at the college but can you not write letters and send it to the community around you? Can you not love the community around you and do something for kingdom purposes? Today, right now, in these unprecedented times, people need hope around you. Can you not love them and encourage them with the message that, hey, it's okay. God is on his throne. It's interesting, even when you look at the gospel, the gospel is often called the gospel of the, kingdom. First thing you need to do is go, and we need to go everywhere, everywhere. Second thing you need to is baptize. What is baptism? It's the day in which they acknowledge Jesus as Lord, that they're going to die to themselves, and they're going li- to rise to live for Christ. It's the day when they bend the knee to Christ. you see mankind, and this is what we've communicated in our village, and when we need to communicate everywhere. You may want to do the truth, and I want to say this to some of you young people. You may know the truth. You may want to do it, but there's something that hinders you from doing. It's called sin, and sin is not just doing bad deeds. According to the Bible, it's this evil power that controls the heart of unbelievers and makes you a slave of sin, And we sin, when we sin, we're to acknowledge and say, oh my goodness, I have a problem. I need salvation. And the only person that can provide that salvation is Jesus Christ. And he comes and takes sin away, puts his spirit in that we can now be slaves of what? Of righteousness. Which then brings in the third element that he teaches here. And I want you to see this third element because it's often neglected. What is the third thing he says, verse 20, that we are to teach them to observe. Teach them to what? To know? No. Teach them to observe. To Observe what? All that I have what? Commanded. The calling of Christianity, and young people, you need to know this you want to know whether you're in Christ or not in Christ, the question is this, do you follow him? Are you a slave of the king? The calling is not to come to a prayer. The calling is to change a lifestyle. The calling is to follow him. The calling is to observe all he has commanded. To not call people to change their lifestyle is to not understand Christianity. It's not to understand the gospel. Does not understand what he's saying here. Christianity is a Christian is someone who has surrendered his life to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and King. That's Christianity. A Christian is one who wakes up every day. And they say to God, God, what do you want from me today? We are those who have surrendered our thinking, surrendered our ways, everything to his word, to observe what he has commanded because we love him and know his ways are best. As with any king, God rules through his word, through his servants taking that word out to the world. It calls everybody to submit to that young people i want to ask of you to live beyond the moment live beyond what you're seeing i and some of you it might be involved turning the television off shutting the phones down and living God's world, God's worldview, where God is on his throne and you get up with the simplicity of devotion to him and say, Lord, what do you want from me today? And you go out with the simple message, God is king, God is king, hey, let's follow him. That's the most loving, sweet message you can give to the world. because God's way is the best. It's what the world needs. The end result of all the moral decline of our country will be simply known as this, pain, sorrow, and confusion. The solution? The truth. You all have it. You've been trained in it here. Now it's time you go and you baptize And you teach them to observe that truth. It's time that you go and make disciples, followers of this king. And this can happen in every way. It can happen by you going home and telling your brothers and sisters, hey, do you know there's a king? It can happen by you telling the waiter when they give you the thing, hey, I just want to pray that you know the king. Just be comforted. There's a king over all this. You can give this in many ways. When you go out in the work world, it's by you living differently. You living as if there is a king and you're not serving your boss. You're serving the king. But let me tell you this. It will be hard. And it will only get harder. I mean, maybe before I say that, I want to say this. Every one of us has been given an entrustment of responsibility. One day, some of you are going to get married. I can't believe I've been married 22 years. I just met my wife at the college just yesterday, wasn't it? But I have one job as a dad. is anyone in my influence to teach him to follow the king. I've done one thing as a daddy, taught my kids to follow the king. And when they're not disobeying the king, I bring them right back because that's my job as a dad. That will be one day your job as a mom. When my wife is not honoring the Lord, I'm going to bring her back. She always honors the Lord. It's she's bringing me back. But that—that's the idea. Is we're helping each other follow the King. How are we helping each other? When our friends they want to talk about stuff that they shouldn't. I—I I, well, that's not what the King does. That's how we live our lives. Because we know the King's way is the best. Let me just say this: world is hard, and you will get abuse, and not only that, but it's only getting harder. Only getting harder. Buckle up. Don't get dismayed. Let's go. It's getting harder because people don't want, in this context, they do not want Christ or his rule. But you know what? Jesus ends this sermon recognizing that. And let me even say this, and I'll be saying this on Sunday in the church I'll be preaching in. All throughout church history has involved persecution, being made fun of. And this is when your badge of honor of being a servant of the king is demonstrated. So if you're not serious in your service, you'll compromise But the beautiful thing is this, is that Jesus ends this with the fourth component and that is a promise where he says this, lo, I will be with you, what? Always, even to the end of the earth. Let me tell you something. The mission field has been so hard, so hard. You'll never understand the challenges of a missionary on the front lines, going into a foreign field, so hard. But let me tell you, so good. And this truth that I, literally I, I myself personally will always, all the days of your life be with you is so sweet. Young people, Jesus is calling you to not live for this world, but to live for this kingdom, the universal kingdom, where you acknowledge Christ, and all the days of your life, you await the time when you'll meet him in the everlasting kingdom. But know this, God will be with you always. Oh yes, there are valleys of shadow of death, but there are streams of still water. And Jesus says, "When the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want." Why? Because He will take care of you. Oh, if I could tell you stories of God's gentle care! After three years of being in the moving to Africa with my family, after six months, the person that I partnered with, we learned he was corrupt and took everything that we invested in it and put it into an organization with his own name. He said, I'm free to live there as long as I obey his rules. Hard. I know what it's like to be Joseph thrown in a pit. But you know what? I said, look, the God of Joseph is my God. And he will work all things together for what? For good. Oh, I've experienced I wouldn't change those circumstances for my own right now. The God of the Bible is my God. And he has demonstrated being with me always. I'll tell you, there's been times financially we've not known up from down, but just knowing and holding on to the promises of God. And he's never let us for a moment go without. The Bible promises that surely goodness and loving kindness will what? Follow us all the days of our lives. I will be with you always. Young people, don't get caught up in the affairs of the world right now. Let's go. We've got a king on a throne. He's empowering us. His spirit is alive within us. Let's get going. Let's serve him. Let's tell the world about him. The world needs truth. Needs to know the king. Let's tell him. Let's all do it until our dying breath. So we say, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. My brethren, don't get dismayed in the days we're in. Look beyond them. Look to the throne where our king reigns. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we get to know you. Father, I want to pray that you would call these young people into the mission field around them. I want to pray that they would go, that they would get boldness to go. I want to pray, too, that, that the Master's College students would abide in you in an intimate relationship. that everything would flow out of their love and devotion. Father, I want to pray that they would go, that they would make followers of you, and they'd proclaim the simple message that you gave your disciples so many years ago. And they'd be found faithful. Help them not get caught up in the wickedness and the mentalities of the days around us. Help them turn that off and turn your worldview on. We ask this for the praise and glory of your name, we pray. Amen. 28 starting in verse 16 through 20 and I want to read that for you Matthew 28 16 to 20 it says this but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated when they saw him they worshipped him And some were doubtful. Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to direct your attention to four components of this passage. Four components. First, I want to direct you to the background. This background is fitting for our society. Because in the background, what you have is you have a bunch of disciples who are completely aimless. Their Messiah just died. Somehow, also, he rises again, but they have been following one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, all of these years, going wherever he goes. And now, all of a sudden, he dies and is off the scene. They're sitting around looking at each other, saying, okay, wh- where do we go? What do we do? Wh- wh- what are we supposed to do next? One guy says, let's go fishing. And say, all right, let's go fishing just shows you that what they did was they resorted back to what they always did because they didn't know where to go. They were completely confused, completely aimless. They were in shock of what was happening. And and let's be honest, I don't think these disciples were purely, perfectly, purely motivated. These guys were smart cats. They knew that at the end of the day, that yes, Jesus is the Messiah, and and we know from the Bible that he's not just going to sit here and walk around, but he's going to have this huge following, and he's going to come, and he's going to rule. He's going to overthrow the Romans in their mind, and that's why in the last days they're saying, "Oh well, can I sit on his right, or can I sit on his left, because they knew that at some point there was going to be benefit to this whole gig. So they, they, all of a sudden, when Jesus disappears, they... Uh, they're completely baffled. And for that this reason, Jesus comes and gives them direction. And not only does he give them direction, he gives all of us direction. He said, how do you know? Well, it says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So this direction was not just for the disciples there, it was the disciples all throughout the ages. And so therefore, this is direction not just for them, but for you. And let me say, in our time today, many are become aimless. Many are getting caught up in all this political hype and the confusion, even this COVID thing. But listen, there's work to be done. We can live beyond this, and this is why Jesus comes and brings clarity to the confusion. He tells the disciples in verse 16 and 17, he says, look, disciples, go to this mountain which I've designated. We don't know what mountain that was, and it really doesn't matter. But they go to this mountain, and when they go to this mountain, they see it says they saw him. I think what happened was they're there hanging out, maybe talking, and all of a sudden they see him. And I think it was an overwhelming experience. I think they see him, that all of their eyes are caught on the attention of Christ. And, 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 the, and, and there's different responses. Look at the two responses. It says some worshipped him. And some were doubtful. You say, well, wh- why in the world did they worship him? The reason they worshipped him is because they knew he was God. They knew he was the Messiah. They knew that this Messiah just rose from the dead. And the only appropriate response was awe. And I think so the Spirit of God was probably moving in crazy ways. And I think their hearts were overflowed and overwhelmed, kind of like when we see Jesus in heaven. And what resulted total worship, total exaltation, total extolling of Christ. But that's not what happened for everyone. Some were doubtful, some were doubtful. Why? I think they're shocked. Oh, my goodness, what has just happened? Is, is this really Jesus? I mean, can this really be happening? I mean, this is a hard thing to get your mind around. You see him die. You see him buried. And all of a sudden, now he's before you. Crazy days. And I think that the, the picture here is, is probably they see him down here. The disciples are up the hill a little bit. And I think they see him. And I think Jesus just walks right past the disciples right past the disciples, and stands in front of them. They're here. He's here. And that brings us from the first component, which was the background, to a second component, and that is this announcement. And it's this announcement that they needed to hear. It's this announcement that you need to hear. It's this announcement that needs to go out throughout all of the world. It's this announcement that needs to begin to enter into the center of our worldview. Center of everything. What is the announcement? Look at verse 18. Jesus came up and spoke to them. And what did he say to them? He said, all authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus makes a announcement. What is he saying? All, not a little, not some, not most, but all authority has been given to me. Where? In heaven, in, on earth. What do you mean authority or, or power? What, what's he saying? This word authority speaks of rule or the right to be in charge or, or control. What Jesus is declaring is that he is now in charge of everything. Everything not just of what is on the earth, but also what is in heaven. Jesus is declaring that I am now the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We all know in this incredible institution, we all know Isaiah 6, where Isaiah gets this vision of of a throne. Well, who sat on that throne? It was Jesus on that throne. And Jesus is saying, look, I am on that throne. I am now the king. And I, I want us as young people to look beyond the, the, the Trumps and the Bidens and, and, and this COVID and, and, and all of these things. Stop, pause, look beyond it. And allow yourself to see the world from God's perspective Behind all of this is God on a throne reigning as king. Reigning with all power over all things, just like when he was on this earth. Where everything does in accordance with his power and his might and his rule. It's the same words that are spoken in Philippians chapter 2 when it says that for this reason God highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, is ruler, is king. Jesus is the universal king. Yes, he is coming back as a king in this universe. Yes, on the Davidic throne, he will sit. No matter what anybody tells you, he will be here in Jerusalem and one day bring total reconciliation to the chaos that we've brought. But don't think that he's not ruling today from the heavens. In a universal sense, he is, and this must be our thinking. The disciples were thinking that he would be the king of Israel. And Jesus comes to the disciples now, I'm not just the king of Israel, I am the king of all kings, Lord of all lords. Israel's not enough. Because I'm greater than that, I am the ruler of all things. My position is far greater than an earthly position. This should have not been no surprise. should have been shocking because we know Daniel 7:13, where it says that in a prophetic in a prophecy, Daniel says that, what was going to happen in verse seven, seven, chapter 7, verse 13? That I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one light, the Son of Man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days. Jesus loved this term, Son of Man. Son of Man comes up to the Ancient of Days, the Father. And what happens? And he, it says this, and he was presented before him. And to him, that is Jesus Christ, was given dominion, glory, and a what? And a kingdom. Why? Why was he made king? Why was he declared to be the king by the Father? It says this, so that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language, especially Uganda, might serve him might serve him. Might serve him. What does that mean for you and for me? It means let's get beyond the little present elements of our lives and let's get back to the calling that God has given us. Service. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away and his kingdom which is one which will not be destroyed. Those of you that know 1 Corinthians 15, 24 recognize this is a, through 28, recognize this is a a love affair between the son and the father, where where the father gives the son the kingdom, and, and then somehow the son gets all things to bend the knee under his supremacy, and then turns back and gives the kingdom to his father. I don't understand these things. But that's what the Bible says. Young people, I want to speak as a father to you. I'm gonna speak as a pastor to you. Our worldview needs to expand. One of my favorite books is Pilgrim's Progress. Because John Bunyan, in an unbelievably powerful way, brings us to see the world for what it really is. Pilgrims on a journey to the celestial city. And everything, there's safety and security on God's way. And outside of God's way, there is pain and there is sorrow. And every pilgrim is sitting there with his eyes focused on heaven, seeking to love the Lord and honor him out of that love for the Lord. Every day, spending time in communion and saying, Oh, Father, help me to walk in this path. That's the worldview that we must all have. That's the worldview that Jesus is bringing to forefront right here. And that declaration, and then we're going to see this more clearly, the declaration all authority has been given to me, I am now the king, and this idea is to enter into the center of our lives for your good, for your good, for your good. I hate legalism because it distorts the goodness of God's way. Man's rules stink. God's ways are awesome. And you need to make sure that in this little Christian bubble, that that man's way you discern what is God's good and perfect way, because God's way is the best. People will always be tempted to bring in man's ways, and we need personal convictions, things that will ensure that we personally walk in God's way, and that may be extra-biblical. But in the end of the day, God's word is sweet. It's awesome. We want to live our lives completely in submission to that way in everything. I want to help you with this. In all of your life, if you can get this God on a throne worldview, it will change everything about your life. It'll change everything. This has to be our worldview. It has to be restored in our country. What is going on in America? We are throwing God as king out. And what's the end result? Total chaos. Total uh, everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. Everyone given over to the lust and the passions of their own flesh. And that's what Jesus saw in this day. And that's why this message is so critical to this day and this hour right now. Young people, Jesus makes an announcement. I am king. But then from that announcement, he gives a great commission that needs to impact everything we do every day in our lives. I want to take you from the announcement to the commandment. What is the commandment? You know it, but let me help bring it to life now in light of the announcement. Look what he says in verse 19. Go, therefore, let me say this, put it in this way. Therefore, make disciples. That's how it should read. Therefore, make disciples. In light of this announcement, in light of me being king, now, therefore, make disciples. And pause for a moment. There's the command. There's the verb. Make disciples. That word disciple is kind of a funky word. Let me change it to what I think would be more clear and more in alignment with the text. Another word for disciple would be that of followers. Hold on a second. Therefore, go. I am king. Therefore, go and make what? Followers. Make what? Followers. I am the king. Go now and make followers where? It says, make followers of all nations. Young people. I moved into a small little village. People did not know Christ. Everyone was given over to the lusts and the passions of their flesh. Literally, deep village. Our village is kubamitwe. It means hit the head. Nobody was married. With that, people had children all over the place, multiple children, but nobody cared for these children. Men would beat their wives. Why? Because that's what the flesh is. You don't obey, let me beat you. If you loved your wife, they'd say you're bewitched. As a result, there was no joy, no love, with that there was everybody was filled with alcohol and and everything the bible says of a gentile in the bible were they happy not at all when we came in there we came in there with one simple message there is a king there's a king and we said hey can i show you the king's way and we began to to care for our people by showing them the king's way. Let me, let me show you what the king says. Let me show you how to do the ki- marriage the king's way. Let me show you how to parent the king's way. And we, in our short times, by the grace of God and only his power, we have seen our whole community absolutely transformed. Let me tell you, I really believe that when Jesus stood as king and, and declared this message, He also stood as a father with a desire that his messengers would go out with this message so that he can align everything exactly the way he wanted it in the garden. Where everyone does it his way and as a result enjoys the world in which he created we went into our village with this message today. We've seen transformation. And what happens? Everybody has joy. Everybody has excitement. Everybody has unity and love. And parents and families get united in a bond of marriage. And now children are comforted as a result of that. It's awesome. And so I wanted to declare that our commission is the hope of the world. The hope of the world is that all people everywhere would know the king and follow the king for their good and for the glory of our master. Because when I love my wife the way God wants me to love my wife and I love my children the way God wants me to love, who's glorified? It's God because they say, who is that king that you're following? And God is put on display. That's the awesome joy of knowing Christ. As mass, you don't have to be aimless. We get to submit under the King and enjoy the benefits that come with that, and that's the commissioning. That's what the call is: go make this disciples of all nations. Of all nations, and I want to tell you, some of you guys have never been across the sea. Go to our website sosministries.com, get our updates. Learn what's happening in the rest of the world. I need men who are going to come and join me. Get seminary out of the way and come join me. Let's get radical. Let's live these days in light of what they are. A king and a kingdom. And we're part of that, that service. That's what this is all about. The rest of the world, many parts of the world are hungering after truth and want it. So it's exciting days to live in. But when you look at this, I want you to see something. Because he tells us not just what we are to do, but he tells us how we're to do it. There are three participles here, going, baptizing, and teaching. That's how. He tells us how we're to do this. How are we to go into the nations? We're to do it by first going. Let me pause here for a moment. I know that we have some ultra-Calvinistic, creepy people. And you're creepy because you don't get it. What does the Bible tell us we need to what? Go. I really sometimes believe in a dragging ministry. I'm going to do everything in my power on a human level to see people come to know Christ. Jesus stood over the nations and how many times wept tears because he wanted to see them come like sheep because they were sheep without a what? A shepherd. They were ki- There was a king, but they didn't follow. And so he wants us to go. He wants them to come unto him, all ye weary and heavy laden, that they might find what? Rest. Because in him, his yoke is easy and his burden is light and there's joy in his way. But we have got to go. We have got to go. You've got to go. The, the hope for your family, the hope for your community is you going. You getting busy. Look, the rest of the world, they're waiting for truth preachers with this message that there is a king and his way is the best but you got to go. We, we sit around too long and we fail to strategize. Do we realize that Mormons and Muslims are strategizing and they're taking dominion of our areas because we failed to strategize. We failed to mobilize resources to advance kingdom purposes. We need to strategize. We need to get out there and we need to go. Young people, what are you doing even right now? I know you're at the college. But can you not write letters and send it to the community around you? Can you not love the community around you and do something for kingdom purposes? Today, right now, in these unprecedented times, people need hope around you. Can you not love them and encourage them with the message that, hey, it's okay. God is on his throne. It's interesting, even when you look at the gospel, the gospel is often called the gospel of the kingdom. First thing you need to do is go, and we need to go everywhere, everywhere. Second thing you need to do is baptize. What is baptism? It's the day in which they acknowledge Jesus as Lord, that they're going to die to themselves, and they're going to rise to live for Christ. the day when they bend the knee to Christ. We see mankind, and this is what we've communicated in our village, and what we need to communicate everywhere. You may want to do the truth, and I want to say this to some of you young people. You may know the truth. You may want to do it. But there's something that hinders you from doing. It's called sin. And sin is not just doing bad deeds. According to the Bible, it's this evil power that controls the heart of unbelievers and makes you a slave of sin, And we sin, when we sin, we're to acknowledge and say, oh my goodness, I have a problem. I need salvation. And the only person that can provide that salvation is Jesus Christ. And he comes and takes sin away, puts his spirit in that we can now be slaves of what? Of righteousness. Which then brings in the third element that he teaches here. And I want you to see this third element because it's often neglected. What is the third thing he says, verse 20, that we are to teach them to observe. Teach them to what? To know? No. Teach them to observe. To Observe what? All that I have what? Commanded. The calling of Christianity and young people, you need to know this you want to know whether you're in Christ or not in Christ, the question is this, do you follow him? Are you a slave of the king? The calling is not to come to a prayer. The calling is to change a lifestyle. The calling is to follow him. The calling is to observe all he has commanded. To not call people to change their lifestyle is to not understand Christianity. is not to understand the gospel, does not understand what he's saying here. Christianity is, A Christian is someone who has surrendered his life to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and King. That's Christianity. A Christian is one who wakes up every day. And they say to God, God, what do you want from me today? We are those who have surrendered our thinking, surrendered our ways, everything to his word, to observe what he is commanding, because we love him and know his ways are best. As with any king, God rules through his word, through his servants taking that word out to the world. It calls everybody to submit to that young people, I want to ask of you to live beyond the moment, live beyond what you're seeing. I, and some of you, it might be involved turning the television off, shutting the phones down, and living. God's world, God's worldview, where God is on his throne. And you get up with the simplicity of devotion to him and say, Lord, what do you want from me today? And you go out with the simple message, God is king, God is king. Hey, let's follow him. That's the most loving, sweet message you can give to the world. because God's way is the best, it's what the world needs. The end result of all the moral decline of our country will be simply known as this, pain, sorrow, and confusion. The Solution, the truth. You all have it. You've been trained in it here. Now it's time you go and you baptize. And you teach them to observe that truth. It's time that you go and make disciples, followers of this king. And this can happen in every way. You can happen by you going home and telling your brothers and sisters, hey, do you know there's a king? It can happen by you telling the waiter when they give you the thing, hey, I just want to pray that you know the king. Just be comforted. There's a king over all this. You can give this in many ways. When you go out in the work world, it's by you living differently. You living as if there is a king and you're not serving your boss. You're serving the king. But let me tell you this. It will be hard. And it will only get harder. I mean, maybe before I say that, I want to say this. Every one of us has been given an entrustment of responsibility. One day, some of you are going to get married. I can't believe I've been married 22 years. I just met my wife at the college just yesterday, wasn't it? But I have one job as a dad. is anyone in my influence to teach him to follow the king. I've done one thing as a daddy, taught my kids to follow the king. And when they're not disobeying the king, I bring them right back because that's my job as a dad. That will be one day your job as a mom. When my wife is not honoring the Lord, I'm going to bring her back. She always honors the Lord. It's, she's bringing me back. But that, that's the idea is we're helping each other. Follow the king. How are we helping each other? When our friends, they want to talk about stuff that they shouldn't, I, I, well, that's not what the king does. That's how we live our lives. Because we know the king's way is the best. Let me just say this world is hard. And you will get abuse. And not only that, but it's only getting harder only getting harder. Buckle up. Don't get dismayed. Let's go. It's getting harder because people don't want, in this context, they do not want Christ or his rule. But you know what? Jesus ends this sermon recognizing that. And let me even say this, and I'll be saying this on Sunday in the church I'll be preaching in. All throughout church history is involved persecution, being made fun of. And this is when your badge of honor of being a servant of the king is demonstrated. So if you're not serious in your service, you'll compromise But the beautiful thing is this, is that Jesus ends this with the fourth component and that is a promise where he says this, lo, I will be with you, what? Always, even to the end of the earth. Let me tell you something. The mission field has been so hard, so hard. You'll never understand the challenges of a missionary on the front lines, going into a foreign field, so hard. But let me tell you, so good. And this truth that I, literally I, I myself personally will always, all the days of your life be with you is so sweet. Young people, Jesus is calling you to not live for this world, but to live for this kingdom, the universal kingdom, where you acknowledge Christ, and all the days of your life, you await the time when you'll meet him in the everlasting kingdom. But know this, God will be with you always. Oh yes, there are valleys of shadow of death, but there are streams of still water. And Jesus says, "When the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want." Why? Because He will take care of you. Oh, if I could tell you stories of God's gentle care! After three years of being in the moving to Africa with my family, after six months, the person that I partnered with, we learned he was corrupt and took everything that we invested in it and put it into an organization with his own name. He said, I'm free to live there as long as I obey his rules. Hard. I know what it's like to be Joseph thrown in a pit. But you know what? I said, look, the God of Joseph is my God. And he will work all things together for what? For good. Oh, I've experienced I wouldn't change those circumstances for my own right now. The God of the Bible is my God. And he has demonstrated being with me always. I'll tell you, there's been times financially we've not known up from down, but just knowing and holding on to the promises of God. And he's never let us for a moment go without. The Bible promises that surely goodness and loving kindness will what? follow us all the days of our lives. I will be with you always. Young people, don't get caught up in the affairs of the world right now. Let's go. We've got a king on a throne. He's empowering us. His spirit is alive within us. Let's get going. Let's serve him. Let's tell the world about him. The world needs truth, needs to know the king. Let's tell him. Let's all do it until our dying breath. So we say, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. My brethren, don't get dismayed in the days we're in. Look beyond them. Look to the throne where our king reigns. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we get to know you. Father, I wanna pray that you would call these young people into the mission field around them. I wanna pray that they would go, that they would get boldness to go. I wanna to pray too that, that the master's college students would abide in you in an intimate relationship. that everything would flow out of their love and devotion. Father, I want to pray that they would go, that they would make followers of you, and they'd proclaim the simple message that you gave your disciples so many years ago. And they'd be found faithful. Help them not get caught up in the wickedness and the mentalities of the days around us. Help them turn that off and turn your worldview on. We ask this for the praise and glory of your name, we pray. Amen.